0: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, GoPowerCat.com's Kansas State Athletics Show. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. Now, from the GPC studios, here's your host, Go Powercat publisher, Tim Fitzgerald.
1: Welcome to the PowerCat Podcast, your weekly indulgence into Kansas State sports. Only three of us today. I am Tim Fitzgerald, Zach Carlson, Ryan Gilbert. Cole Carmody has other obligations, probably with his uh, parole officer. will start that rumor. He has check-in with his parole officer, because <clears throat> he's hard. He's He's a badass. We take your questions from Wild Bass Station on this little podcast, but everyone can listen. And we're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale Liquor. Make sure you stop into the fridge whenever you come to MHK. Our segment sponsors are Tanner's and the High Low. I haven't been to either for a while now. Go on vacation. I feel like I cheated. I went to other places. When I was out of town. I mean, I was out of town. I couldn't go to Tanner's. Let's get going to your questions. Gills, take it away.
2: From email Wildcat eighty two, did you make good use of your time in Arlington this past week no. and scope out good spots for us, wildlife no. station folks, to meet up with you in September? Sorry, who asked that? Email Wildcat eighty two. Uh no. Um,
3: Cole this- and I found a Hooters nearby our hotel, and I think Cole and Gills went and found a, an okay pizza restaurant. From the sounds of it. So
1: pretty average. I, I'm a Hilton guy and I've identified the world's largest slash sketchiest embassy suites. It's at, the Tower of Terror, fits. The DFW <laughs> South. <laughs> and it looks really cool. From the outside. <laughs> the inside, it's at least two and a half stars.
3: Right. Cole Cole mentioned the word cockroach at breakfast um, after the first day. Sources have not confirmed, though.
1: uh, I don't trust Cole. Um, Yeah, well, like our – first of all, it's got the world's smallest bathroom. Yeah. Like the door –
3: It's an airplane lab.
1: The door almost hits the toilet. It barely swings past it. That's how tight it is in there. It's ridiculous. I mean, because if you're familiar with NBC Suites, you got the bedroom and you got a living room and then the world's smallest.
3: It's ridiculous. I don't know why they did it that way. The bedroom was honestly a little too big for what the bathroom was. Fair enough. You could expand. There's space. There's space to make a bath. There's no excuses for this bathroom being this small. I would agree
1: anyhow uh so I didn't do much investigating it's in a it's by the airport but it's not by the airport it's just a whole weird thing and maybe we'll stay there for the game it's just convenient
3: it is pretty convenient it's
1: near the airport but no the I was struck by the amount of development around the stadium now it, it was it feels like it just sits in the middle of a neighborhood now mm-hmm it didn't used to be that way, right? Am I wrong? When we, when I was down there for the Cotton Bowl, and what, what year was that? It feels like it was just out there. I maybe I'm just uh, I don't know. Maybe I'm confusing all my stadiums in my my mind. Anyhow, M- Metro
3: uh, Metro DFW is Metro DFW. To there me, is guess. a is it a Target or a Walmart? Walmart
1: Walmart literally across the parking lot. Like what? So we'll be having all our events at a Walmart. (laughs) Sounds like fun. Right there in the electronics. I'll be bringing drinks in. You're not going to just buy them there? No. We will announce something to do uh, with a Friday night event. I've been asked to speak at um, one of the – there's a couple organizations, K-State organizations down there. My buddy Darren Brown runs one of them. So I'm going to speak to that organization, but I'm going to try to, like, co-op it so that we'll have our meet up there too. Uh, We don't know. I don't have any idea where that's going to be right now. Anyhow, we'll figure it out. We will have some kind of meetup get together on Friday. Um, Don't look for me to be drinking too much with an 11 a.m. kick.
3: It's going to be an early event. Mm. Look. We're going to bed at 9. Exactly.
1: (laughs) I'm all in on morning games. I, I don't mind them because I'm old now and we get our work done and we go to bed at a normal hour. But, um, yeah, it's it's stealing Friday night from us, right? I mean, it'd be a great time to go meet up with a bunch of k Stateers, have a good time. But you really can't. I mean, it's not like we have to go cheer at a game. We have to function. We have to actually have brains that are working and not smell like booze. So, yeah. But we'll, we'll announce something eventually. So, no, we did not. We we did not. I ate dinner at the hotel bar. I will say this: Embassy How was that? We never. We uh, never the food was okay, heard but what's funny is they've got two. Did you realize they have two restaurants in that Embassy Suites?
3: They actually have an Italian restaurant. Italian. Oh, restaurant. I thought it was all one. I could I can see now if you say there's two, I understand. Yeah, and then the but,
1: sports bar. Okay, but basically, um, you get that's the menu. I mean, they A have burger b- or. Fettuccine Alfredo. Yeah, yeah exactly, exactly. So, but anyhow, I got a couple apps and three beers. The bartender there was really good. Like he was,
3: hey, he, he was a
1: ball.
2: Taking shots at me. Did he give no. you
3: PBR like he gave us? <laughs> no. What? Huh? That was the that was only beer <laughs> at the uh, manager's reception. Oh no, I was at the bar. You were. I was. You drink- were paying. You were a drinking- paying customer. I was th- drinking that beer. That's uh, the two Yeah. <laughs> But yeah. Couldn't couldn't say the two X's you had to split, split your English and Spanish. Yep. Okay. Yep. I'm bilingual. So I split Congrats. it. Grats.
1: Um, but yeah, he was a boss. I mean, he had a crowd of bar and he's making, just churning out drinks. He was making Bloody Marys with Jaeger. You heard me right. Instead of vodka, Jaegermeister. Bloody Mary mix, Jaegermeister. People were raving. I I'm allergic to Jaeger. I'd, I didn't want anything to do with it. I was just drinking my dosekis, my two X's, whatever. I was—that's all. I was doing that, and he's getting all willy nilly over there, getting creative. It was kind of fun to watch, though. It was insane,
2: insanely good or bad. Do you have one?
1: No, I'm allergic to Jaeger. Oh. Um, so, but yeah, I mean, and people are like, "Oh my God, this is incredible." It was bizarre. Okay. Okay. Let's move on.
2: Time to move to Dallas and be a a bartender at the embassy suites. Yeah. well, That's what my thought was. This
1: guy, he was a legitimate bartender. He knew what he was doing behind a bar. And I was like, why are you working at the embassy (laughs) suites? So I think he probably was famous for putting other ingredients in drinks. Anyhow, let's move on.
2: From Adam K 63, Bob Bowlesby was opposed to the NIL. Does his comments make you believe that the big 12 will be silent in the next round of conference realignment?
1: I wrote a column about this. I'm a little worried. Bob Boltsby thinks nothing is going to go down. <laughs> it's the big tool going to do it again. I'm really worried that after two more years of having name, image, likeness and everything else, that there really will be a divide developing between big schools and little schools. When I heard that the Alabama quarterbacks are already approaching seven figures, which is just insane, there's no way that's not boosters giving money through their business to this guy. There's just no way. I mean what national brand would be paying a quarterback who hasn't even taken a snap as a starting quarterback a million dollars? Is this, I don't understand. But yeah, I, I was really disappointed in his comment that literally slid by a lot of people. That we pushed back on it. It's like, really? I mean, oh, really? I, I just I didn't understand it at all. But that's an old school way of thinking that honestly I I find really disappointing. I know it's upsetting to the status quo. I get it that it, it's going to change football and basketball. It's going to be altering, but there's absolutely no reason why players shouldn't be able to profit from who they are. I mean, the perfect example is the fab five in basketball Michigan made millions and millions of dollars off of fab five merchandise. Did the, and the student athletes didn't make a penny. It's, it's insane when you think of it from that context, I mean, imagine how much money Colin Klein could have made from Optimus Klein stuff or whatever. But no, he didn't. The school sold a lot of stuff. And so and it's not right. It's just not. Well, I get it. Well, it's not how we've ever always done it. Now it's going to upset the way things have worked, and it's not to my advantage. And that's what it's really about. It doesn't
3: work best for me as, as the boss. So I don't want this. That's disappointing. It's disappointing to see that there's this kind of unwillingness to adapt. Right. The rules have changed. And instead of saying, all right, the rules have changed, you know, let's make it work for us. It's no, let's go back and try changing, you know, getting some wins for ourselves on how it used to be. You know, there's no forward thinking. And we've gone on about Bob Bowlesby being the commissioner of this conference Time after time about him not being a wartime commissioner, not being a forward-thinking commissioner, it's just status quo. Mm -hmm. What are we doing right now? What's good enough right now? Oh, now players can rightfully be paid for their name, image, and likeness? No, that's not how we've done it in the past. we got to fix that. That's not going to work. No, there's no embracement, you know, embracing this, you know, this new era of college sports. And I get what it means. I understand why Bob Wolsby has the position he has because, in the end, this is probably going to change college athletics for the future. And, you know, I get that there's some uncertainty there, but I think that his comments are kind of weird. But this does lead to the next question when we're talking about conference realignment we do have a new que- an- another question that I kind of agree with the premise okay, from, from Kevin 316 here okay go for it
2: from Kevin 316 is discussion about conference realignment becoming a moot point since we're getting a 12 team playoff. It seems like the Big 12 is better off staying at 10 teams unless we can add a team or two that brings immediately sh- immediate, immediate strength to the conference.
3: I kind of I kind of agree with the premise of this question. Why, I do too in a
1: way, in a way. The- but it here we go <sighs> He kind of alluded, when Bullsby went off the deep end talking about uh, capturing cable markets, he was flat out admitting ESPN was driving realignment. It was all about that TV contract and what ESPN wanted to consolidate markets through this realignment. And it's clear ESPN wanted to kill the Big 12 then. I mean, they wanted Oklahoma and Texas to go to other conferences. So, um, and it would work. If you're a rights holder, to get rid of one of the five conferences would work in your best interest. Then you only have four contracts or three, whatever, depending on who you sign up. Um, So if CBS steps in and says, hey, Big Ten, which I'm sure would be their desire, not the Big 12, um, we want you to add two more markets and we'll give you this much if you're 16. Yeah, it's gonna it's gonna start it all over again. Now I just I was so just dismayed by Bob Bowlesby's disconnect. Because the cable industry's changed doesn't mean there isn't value in these contracts that the viewers are still there, they're just at different points of contact now with streaming. Uh, I'm. I was just really dismayed, and if someone gets into this and says, "Look, we're going to," and I I think of CBS because they have a platform in Paramount Plus that does stream sports. That if someone gets in and says, "We want the whole package. We want your whole conference, so we can show you on on broadcast. We can put you on our sports channel, and we can stream you. It'll it'll just fire the whole thing back up." Because I can see CBS going, but we want more inventory. We need more value. We're willing to pay, but we need more games than what the Big Twelve in its current alignment can offer. You give five games a weekend. We want we want seven games. We want eight games. Then it'll all start again. Just all that, that's all it'll take. It's gonna be fascinating, but he was so status quo. He's literally like, I'm seventy and I don't want to change and I don't want to go through that. So I'm just gonna pretend it's not gonna happen. And that's mean, the way it came I mean, across. I mean,
3: when is he going to step down? He he cannot possibly have that much longer. Why would you want to? Right.
1: right. Why with this looming on the horizon and possibly happening again, why would you want to go
3: out with that? I like I feel like times are changing so much and you can kind of think back to bill snyder and the transfer portal and stuff you know it's probably a good thing that bill snyder never had to deal with the transfer portal oh could you imagine name image and likeness he just barked. and now yeah and now name image and likeness he wouldn't understand it he wouldn't he, he
1: would have been so opposed to it and any he, he's mentioned that he's opposed yeah. to the transfer portal it's not about whether you're opposed to it it's it's here i mean it's here it's it's a new reality But, yeah, I I don't know if you're Bullsby. Why you even want to put yourself in that position? Because there's no win. Either it's clear he doesn't want to deal with that. He doesn't want to deal with trying to lure schools into the Big 12. That's not his style. He's Mr. Everyone Loves Me at the Country Club. Yeah. He's not not a hustler at all. Um, And so either you have to do that or you get caught – like Dan Beebe and never see it coming. And now you've got this image for the rest of your career. He's a commissioner in some conference, small conference, but yeah, he was a big 12 commissioner or an AD. I don't know what he is, but I mean, that's going to stick with him forever that he was the guy that almost got his conference destroyed because he was asleep at the wheel. Ah, I don't know why you wouldn't step aside and say, Hey, it's time for a younger guy to take over
3: to answer the question though i agree if the big 12 is going to have a seat at the table and now a bigger there's more seats at the table why not just think that you're good you're good with 10 at this point yeah you know why why lessen the chances of your current conference members making the playoff by inviting somebody else to help spoil that either for the conference or for themselves You know, and, or, and, and, you know, like, let's say Cincinnati and they are on the table for whatever reason, you know, that's somebody that's just fresh off the street that you put in your conference and now they're, they're at the table that you so wanted to sit at if you're Oklahoma and Texas. So I think that at least if, if conference expansion is set the way it is, if ESPN is happy with the markets they have and where these teams are in those markets and what contracts they have. And if they're happy with a 12-team playoff the way it is, yeah, you're right. There's no reason for the Big 12 to even consider expanding. If you can get, you know, if you can have as little as 10 teams, which is the fewest in Power 5, and you have the chance to get two of those. Yeah, that's big money. That's 20% of your conference that you could put into the playoff pretty easily.
1: Now, look, you don't expand just to expand. You expand because it's going to increase your value. Right. It's not just revenue. Right. It's value. Value. I mean, look, if every school's making, I don't even know what the latest numbers were, $40 million a year off your contract, if you're going to expand, it better not be $40 million a year to every school. It better be 42 And that's why it's hard to find someone that that ups your value, you know, brings you to new markets. And that's why I think rating the... Pac-12 South is the only solution. If you really want to increase your value, you have to go get at least three of the schools have to have an above average value to what your conference currently has. What's honestly, when you talk about market value, it's Texas and Oklahoma and everyone else. I would say that West Virginia, Maybe mm. Oklahoma State would be in the next tier.
3: No, no,
1: no. Tech. See, there's. I don't even no. know Kansas because of basketball, but football is what drives this. It's so clearly two and eight. So if you can go get an Arizona, Arizona State, and certainly USC, that is value. If you can peel Utah, I'll throw Utah in because their value has. They've they've proven. What happens when you take a Mountain West team that has a following and put put them in a major conference? It just they're they're major conference now. There's just no doubt about it. If you put those four teams in the Big Twelve, I think overall you would add value. It de- just depends. But again, as he said, the negotiations are going to be different. You're not going to go to one entity and say, "Give me four hundred million dollars a year." It's going to be divvied up in all likelihood you're going to have to go to a streaming entity too i find it interesting that they're all like no i, I don't think that's on down the road i don't think we're we're, we're talking 24 is it 25 i thought it was I had 3 no i had it in my article i was i was surprised too
3: there was one i think the big 10 was like 2024 20, 25 and then i want to say that 2022 and, and I mean, 2023 was if you're
1: trying to sit here and project what things are going to be like in 2 3 years with with TV and streaming and network. I I don't think you can. Things are evolving so quickly in this realm that I wouldn't be surprised if an entity
3: steps into college football in the next round. And I think the contracts are going to be much shorter. I think, I don't think you're going to see schools um, conferences. I don't think you're going to see these long-term deals that are seven or eight years. I think you're going to see kind of a a three-year type cycle, kind of like what, uh, the Premier League in England, they do three-year cycles. Or Champions League, they all do three-year cycles on their their TV deals because they know that if you wait, or you know, if you do them short enough, you're going to make more money than in three years. Why lock yourself up? Especially if the money keeps increasing every time, you might as well just stay short term and keep your options open. And then every you know, two years, you're basically negotiating a new deal. Why not do that? I mean, it would be bad for the stability of expansion in college football and college basketball, college sports across the board. But as far as maximizing rev- revenue, which is really what you want to do, I think having a three-year deal, if you're the Big 12, I don't think that's a bad idea. If you get to you know, whoever has the shortest deal, really, and you'd probably want to be the Big
2: 12, but you don't want Bob Bullsby to be your commissioner in that case. No, no, you don't. From Adam K sixty three, which Big Twelve team is the most overrated in the preseason polls?
1: TCU. I, I was, I don't understand this ongoing optimism about TCU. Every time, every season now, it, it's got to be just a Texas thing. Well, TCU going to be good. Why? I mean, now I, I went through that ESPN FPI, which is total trash. That thing's just stupid. But K State won at TCU. Last year. Last year, they went down there with a freshman quarterback in his first career start and won. And yet, they give K-State a 25.6% chance of winning at home. What? Huh? A 1-4 in chance to beat TCU at home. I'm not saying K-State will beat TCU for sure. I think they will, but...
3: one in four. There needs to be a lot more 45-55 games. Yeah, uh, the, the percentages are completely wild. Even even OU, they have a six percent chance to win against OU, which have done two years in a row. Done it two years in a row. I don't know what the the algorithm is. I don't know what the thought is, but it doesn't look like at previous games. If if, if FBI was over unders for in Vegas. And I would love it to be that way for K-State, at least you're hitting that over all the time. And what's funny is they have three outright wins, but, or at least predicted in the, in the FBI, three wins based on percentages, they'll win three games, but overall they have them projected to win what 4.5, 4.6. Yeah. So they're saying, Hey, look, K-State, we picked them so bad in all of these nine other games and their percentages. When you do the math and the statistics, they'll win at least another one. So, figure out for yourself which one they're going to win. It doesn't make any sense. No. No. You need to total it up to where, you know, you got to be able to find all the wins on paper. But they're they're projected to win four and a half games, and they're outright predicted to win three games. So they even the even the model says, "Look, our model's wrong." They're going to win one. There's a percentage chance that they're going to win actually
1: more than one game. I understand why people are always optimistic about Texas. They should be better than what they have been. I mean, last year they were pretty good, and they fired their coach. So it doesn't make sense. But So I get that optimism, and I get that the the conference is saturated in media members from the Dallas-Fort Worth market. I get it. But this optimism about TCU is just weird. It's weird to me. It they almost get the same treatment as Texas. You no, know,
3: to a lesser extent. To a lesser extent, but yeah.
1: They they they're like, well, they got all this stuff coming back, and they've got they've got these new players coming in. Okay, state, they lost a lot. That's the subtle thing. They judge some programs by what they have returning and what they're gaining, and other programs by what they lost. And that's what K State always is. Oh, they lost a lot on defense. Yeah, they're not going to be any good. I, I don't get it. I don't get the TCU love. And I understand Gary Patterson's a great coach, but they haven't been really good for a while. For a while, so I picked them, and I think I had actually I can't remember what the the poll had. TCU at fourth or fifth in the fifth, conference. Fifth. fifth.
3: The Big 12 media poll. Yeah, my
1: poll had TCU seventh and K State fourth.
3: I mean, I think K State's going to win twenty four seven. That poll, Or is this a yeah, several? yeah, okay. no, the, yeah, yeah. I did a twenty four seven poll. So I, who did you vote for Coach of the Year? Lincoln Riley. Okay, because Riley and I were debating. There Hold was on. one vote for. There was one vote for uh, for Wells. No, well, maybe and I didn't w- vote for Lincoln Riley. And we uh, Riley thought it could have been you, and I said, "There's no way no, that you voted Wells." No, I didn't vote for Wells. No. Uh,
1: maybe I didn't vote Lincoln. Where did I put Matt Campbell? I don't think I did.
3: It doesn't really matter. You didn't vote
1: for Wells, and that's that's all that matters. No, there's no way that there's some optimism around them. Yeah. I mean, the FBI was like, "What? Why, why? You think Tech's going to be better than K State? I don't see how you come to that conclusion." But okay.
3: Uh, I was going to say that KU has too much optimism, but I just looked at the poll. They got 39 <laughs> points in the poll. There were 39 voters, which yeah. means and they the- were parked in the basement yeah. where they belong. We have more of this half? That's it that for the first it. half. That was it? Yeah.
1: Oh, boy. We're going to take a break right now. You listen to the Powercat podcast. We'll be back on the other side with more talk about K-State sports And we're sponsored by The Fridge Wholesale
0: Liquor. GoPowerCat.com's PowerCat Podcast continues after this short break. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me.
1: Welcome back to the PowerCap Podcast, sponsored by Fridge Wholesale Liquor, and our segment sponsors are Tanners and the High Low, both in Aggieville. Make sure you support local businesses whenever you're in Manhattan. And let's get back to your questions from by station. Ryan Gilbert.
2: First question of the second half from Hernandez, Joe. How much will the Stanford game tell us about this team? Everything should being in a close game, uh, close good game be enough, or do we need to win, or should we win handily?
1: Just win. I don't. At the end of the day, it doesn't matter. Uh, I mean, would it be great if they thumped them pretty good and kind of controlled the game? Sure, that'd be a nice indicator. But the difference for what this season could be with a win and a loss are terrifying. If you if you lose to Stanford, you're going to have problems with Nevada. Again, I get back to the FBI. They think Stanford is that much better than Nevada. If Stanford and Nevada played, I'd probably pick Nevada. I didn't understand that at all. But, yeah, I think it's just going to set a tone. Yeah. And, I mean, last year they bounced back from losing to Arkansas State. But I also think it kind of lingered. I mean, that still was with them. And so when things went south, they're like, okay, we really weren't as good as those last four games. I think they got to win this game to kind of assert themselves and believe in themselves. Honestly, they need to be 3-0 going into the Big 12 because that – That starting sequence of the Big 12 was just brutal.
3: I think it, like you said, it sets the tone for the season if they win. But if they lose, I don't think it's as big of a deal as people are making it out to be. I think it's a big deal. But when they win, you're going to know that's the team we got, I feel like. I don't think that there's going to be really a lot of questions if they win this game. You know, that's the team. You're going to feel really good about the win. You're going to feel good about... Southern Illinois, Nevada. If you win against Stanford, I think that people are going to feel pretty good at that point that we're going to be three, and zero going into, into conference play. You lose it, you know, depending on what the loss is, but even after the loss, you're probably like, well, you're going to be two and one going in, but I feel like there's going to be a lot of questions going into the OU game where it is. Oh, you writers at Oklahoma state. I'm sorry. Okie okay. okay. States for Oklahoma state, that Oklahoma state game. There's going to be questions, you know, it's on the road and I feel like it's just going to, everyone's going to be worried. You know, what is this team? Mm -hmm. I think you're going to know a month prior what the team is and I think that's why it's important to win this game, but there's just going to be too many questions you know, if you lose, I guess. No, I agree. But but I don't think that necessarily means that they're not going to take care of business against Oklahoma State and the others if they lose to Stanford. You know, I think that that the, them winning the game against Stanford, it'll assert themselves and it'll set the tone for the season.
1: They proved last year they can bounce back from an opening loss, but I think if they want to take that step that the program needs to take, and we, we, we tend to look at these things just as how it affects the season. I think we're seeing the fact that K-State needs to get back to eight wins on their way to nine and ten for recruiting. They're they're getting bludgeoned right now by Iowa State only be on the grounds of a season or two. So they can reverse that pretty quickly, but they need to get it asserted here pretty soon. Let's just be really honest here. They need to get back on top of Iowa State as soon as possible. They cannot let Iowa State linger above them in the pecking order of this conference because Matt Campbell is wisely – very wisely coming into the K-State recruiting territory to not only get players that will help his program like a Brees Hall, but K-State isn't getting those players. I mean, it's really smart what he's doing. You know, it's not just about getting good players. It's about playing some defense with the recruiting trail. It's it's going to be really advantageous to Iowa State, so you have to stop it and stop it quickly. And that would include beating Iowa State in Manhattan, which, honestly, they can. They should. We'll see. But, uh, I mean, I think it can happen.
2: Another one from Herdez Joe, how much work does K-State really need to be a competitive bowl team?
1: Here's my issue is I don't know.
2: Go back to the previous question. They've,
1: they've just changed the rules. I mean, you can say we're only going to take, you know, 15 high school kids. And granted, it's smaller because the scholarship counts all screwed up throughout college athletics right now. The scholarship counts a mess because guys can bank a season and come back. K-State's done it the right way. They advanced everyone's eligibility. And then at the end, they've got this in the bank. I know as a senior, but I got that COVID year from three years ago. I'm going to go and come back. That's going to screw up scholarship counts for a long time. But the fact that Coach Kleiman has now said we're going to go into the transfer portal so much changes the very foundation of how I understand there's no way for me to predict what kind of players will get out of the portal. I mean, if it's a blessing because right now their recruiting isn't nearly as good as we'd hope. It's not saying they're getting bad kids. But if they had to fill an entire recruiting class with high school kids, they'd be in big trouble. But I don't know what they're going to get out of the portal. And if they start having luck there, they get turned around and get going. But this can't linger. I and mean, this is now... Three years with one bowl and a bad performance in that bowl. This can't not linger. They can't let this perpetuate where it becomes the norm. And you start losing expectations and you start losing fan following. They gotta get this going and get it going this season.
3: I don't know really what they need to do, you know, as a team, I guess, but when you look at, you know, they went eight and four the last time they made a bowl game before that it was the cactus bowl and they went what? Seven and five. I think they really need to get over the hump of eight wins to become a competitive team. They need better if you're, players. Cause if you, yeah, they need better players. That's, I mean,
1: it's that simple. They need more, better players. Yeah. Uh, they, they don't have enough guys. Let's just put it in this context. Wyatt Hubert was the boss on defense, right? I mean, he was yeah. last year. He's a seventh round pick. I mean, that's, that's just so out of the norm for Kansas State. That your best player, your featured guy on defense, was a seventh round guy. I mean, you've seen guys, some pretty good players at K State, go in the second and third round. They need to get back to those guys. Those are the just Jimmy's and Joes, man. You got to get more of them and get better ones. That's it's it's that simple, and that gets back to the transfer portal. I don't know where they'll be. Sounds like Julius Brantz is the boss. Sounds like he's going to be yeah. good and probably an NFL guy. You go find more of those guys. And I think, um, and I don't mean this to be a shot at Bruce Weber, but if you're coming out of the transfer portal, you want to go in basketball, you want to go play for Chris Beard. I mean, it seems like a guy, right? It seems like really cool. Kleiman kind of has that vibe. If you're if you're a guy looking for a new place to play because you didn't like your old place or you didn't have enough opportunity, you didn't click with the head coach, you're not gonna get any of that feel from Chris Kleiman. You're gonna go, Yeah, this is good. And the and the coaches too. The coaches put off a good vibe. So I think they're gonna have more luck with the transfer portal than what they're having out of the high school ranks right now.
3: To my point though, they're kind of this eight win team. You know, they're they've got enough guys to possibly get to eight wins but when you're winning eight games a year you know you're losing some games but you're also winning some games that maybe you shouldn't necessarily be winning too and you get into these high pressure situations where you know being an eight win team are you going to crumble and i think that that's kind of the hump where k-state's at with you know the liberty bowl and the cactus well they won the cactus bowl but at least you know under climb and the liberty bowl so they need to take that next step i feel like to be able to be competitive more often and then you know, see
2: the success from there. From Wildcat Pilot eighty-eight. Bad news for those holding their breath for our alternative jerseys. Will anyone currently on the team still be at K-State when that happens?
1: Well, the whole thing with, with
2: Nike, I don't think this is a one-year problem either. That's not. It's going to be
1: a supply chain problem. It just backed everything up, and I think it's going to impact a number of years. And if you can't state, you're just not going to get. You're not going to be on the up on the list now what a lot of us want aren't jerseys as much as helmets and that they can do i mean helmets is you get the blanks maybe they're purple maybe they're white maybe they're silver and you put your decals on it that i think we'll see i think they're kind of being coy with that i mean think about it the cat's logo was all helmet And they got – how much money they got out of marketing with that logo was substantial. And, you know, granted, it was basketball and they did get a jersey that said Wildcats. But just marketing those logos has been incredibly profitable for the university. So I think – I have a feeling we're going to see a helmet. I mean, I just – I refuse to believe they're not going to have any kind of change that the players would enjoy when you can – Get a purple helmet, put a white power cat on it, and everyone goes, oh, that's awesome. That's awesome. Or you can slap an old logo on it. Give me the Fightin' Willie from way back when. That's never been on a helmet, actually.
3: Yeah. For my sake, I would love new jerseys just so we can stop seeing all of the fan creations. <laughs> that's what I'm tired of. I'm just I want them to just pick something so we don't have to dream about it. You know, that's, that's where I'm at, but you know, like I posted on Wabash, you know, there's nothing coming this season and the order deadline is going to be in October and they're probably not going to have anything, you know, they probably haven't been designing because it takes two years to design stuff. So let's say they started stuff right now and they even accelerated it, you know, 15 months. You know, twenty twenty-two is when they're getting that order in in October. If they get all the designs they want ready to go, that means that it's gonna be twenty twenty-three before you see new uniforms at the absolute earliest. And K State doesn't even have a new Nike contract in place right and that's now. That's a problem. I mean they're just they are out of both both entities, K State and Nike, they are both continuing, you know, their previous agreement, I believe. I don't know what the exact yeah. terms are. But there is an agreement here that they will continue to maintain this relationship that they've had since, you know, the early two thousands. From an all sport, you know.
1: If I'm Gene thing. Taylor, if Nike agrees just to extend the existing contract for three years, which is what I think they were working towards, what that's what he said they were working towards. That's a win. I would be worried in this environment post COVID. They're looking to cut.
3: At least the thing with Nike and K State is, and what Under Armour did bad, you know, Under Armour, they tried getting out of this Cal deal, the UCLA deal, you know, they made these huge high dollar deals that had cash involved, at least with K-State and really most of the other, you know, similar institutions, Iowa State, probably Oklahoma State. It's all product. The contract is all product. And if you want cash, you can get some if you, if you really want to, but the most, you know, the best way to use your deal is to just get it all in product. Hypothetically. And that's, it's essentially $3 million uh, close to is what, or, you know, it's it's between 2 and $3 million that K-State gets in Nike product. Hypothetically speaking, Zach, Every let's year. say I own a, a shoe
1: company. And I want to, like, uh, help the school I'm with. And so, I you know, I'm giving a lot of products and stuff. What if I actually... Thanks, dude. What if I actually gave cash to recruits
3: to come to that school? Do you think that'd be okay? Apparently, the federal government doesn't like that very much. I don't know. I don't know. It's not just an NCAA violation. It's a violation it of, of law. I don't, I don't know. Hmm. I, yeah.
1: I, but- I, I would like someone to give me money under the table for it. Any reason? Well, there's some limits, I guess. Just because it makes me feel important. Here's, Here, here's a, couple, here's a couple. Here's a couple thousand
3: dollars. Mm-hmm. Thanks. I will say on jerseys, I hope they never get rid of the silver helmet. The way it is, I, I, I think, love it. I think it's got to be the foundation helmet, the your main
1: helmet, but. Once in a while, throw in the
3: yeah, sure. white helmet of purple. I don't want them to do an Oklahoma State thing. Unless Nike goes all out, which they won't. And K-State no. just won't do. That's not K-State style to do that. Oh, That'll but, be when the champion contract hits. <laughs> but K-State K State needs more logos. They need more merchandising opportunities. And them doing the Cats thing, I know that it was widely hated by a lot of people. Me. Including Fitz. But it made the it made K-State a lot of money. It did. So and hopefully they learn and unfortunately they went straight into the pandemic after that, so they really couldn't do much from a merchandising opportunity. But hopefully they saw that and said, Hey, we can have Nike make us a whole bunch of cool stuff that we can sell. Maybe we should start exploring that. You know? So hopefully the whole cats thing, I know it was hated by most people, but hopefully it's good stuff comes out of that. And you see more alternate stuff, but you know, you're gonna have the jerseys you see for the next couple of years probably. Boo. Sorry. Why don't we just focus on winning games? That's my no, take on the jerseys. Oh no. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> I do you know, if they never changed, I wouldn't be actually that upset. I think Casey's actually clean looking. I think the look is so good. It's truly amazing. It's not broken, it's don't truly fix it. great. The Purple Cowboys.
2: From Wildcat Pilot eighty eight Will Howard seems to be the clear favorite at QB number two for now. If, and this is if Jake Rubley were to surpass Will, when does that happen?
3: It ain't happening is, this season. Is Will Howard the number two is the real question, I think.
2: He's like 1.75, I feel like. You think he's one. He's 1.5? 1. Okay, we'll just 1. share 7, this.
1: 5. I'll share this on the podcast. The feedback coming back from what Will did in the spring and now into the summer with seven is unbelievable. Uh those that are seeing him are raving about him, that he's healthy, which was affecting his arm strength last year. We think we all saw it. He's making good, crisp decisions, quick decisions. I've actually had people say, Skyler will start, but he, he's going to have to earn it. I mean, oh, if he falters, leash. Will Howard is knocking on the door. That's how much progress he's made, I mean, which is great because that pushes Skyler, which but- he
3: needs. At Big 12 media days when Chris Kleiman's saying, you know, Will Howard's probably the most improved player and there's definitely a spot for him. Like we need to find a place to use him. That's not a number two. That's a you have a problem. I think that this is as close to having a, a true quarterback race as we probably had since probably the Alex Delton Skylar Thompson, you know, 2018. Mm-hmm. That's probably what we're looking at. And it, it's, I don't think it's going to be an outright battle. Cause like you said, Skyler's going to start, he's going to, start. He's going to be the starter, you know, Kleiman there's no that. reason. And, and Kleiman won't do that. And I don't think we're going to see the situation where, well, Skyler sucked in the first half. Let's throw Alex out there. Let's throw will out there. Right. You know, it's not going to be like that until 2018. I don't think you're going to see that again. So I think that, that if Skylar falters, you know, it's going to be, you know, the decision the decision to put in Will. I think Will will be in on some plays or some sets. But if Will's going to be the main guy, if Scott loses the job, I, don't, I think that it's not a, a terrible thing for Will, at least. One of the things they're saying about Will
1: Howard is he's transformed his body. I mean, he was a high school kid playing major college football last year, and he's put on good muscle mass. He's leaned out. Uh, he's put on 15 pounds of muscle, supposedly. I think they're eyeing him to run – to come in with the ability to run, to try to take a little bit off of that wear and tear off of Skyler. That's my thought, but you can't also can't be predictive in your play calling. Will Howard's in there going to run the ball, nor do you need to do that because he can throw it. It's going to be very interesting, but Skylar will start, and he's going to have to really come apart at the seams to lose his job.
2: We went on a good um, conversation there. What do you guys think about Jake Rubley? Does that ever happen? Will he pass Will? It's not this season.
1: No, no. And I mean, I think that's good. Uh, Jake, just get the red shirt on him. If you get enough blowouts where he can get some time on the field, that's great. But he just needs to continue to progress. As we saw last year, we were all really unfair to Will Howard. And I, I get it. I mean, once you become the starter, you're the starter. And you're held accountable for that level. You're, you know, you're supposed to be good enough to start at the Big 12. He's a high school kid without spring football and without most of the summer program. Just thrown into Big 12 football. And he was effective for a little bit, and then the people figured him out and really started to mess with him. And so uh, I'm glad to hear he's really blossoming as as his career moves forward. But it's going to get interesting because we've all just assumed when Jake was ready he was going to be the starter. And I don't think Will Howard assumed that. I think Will Howard knows that's coming and he's been, he's, he's ready. He's up for the fight and only going to help the program.
2: Last question of the podcast from Ohio power cat. If you were the AD and we're trying and pardon me. (laughs) Last question of the podcast from Ohio power cat. If you were the AD and we're having the end of year evaluation with Bruce Weber, what would you give him for a target for minimum number of wins and maximum number of players leaving the program in order to keep his job after this coming season? This just it honestly it keeps getting worse. I feel like we're beating a dead horse. I, you know, I mean,
1: I thought Montavious Murphy was going to transfer. Then he came back. So it doesn't surprise me he ended up transferring. But you've lost all of that recruiting class that was supposed to be the foundation of the, quote, rebuild. That first class is entirely gone. You can't keep doing this, man. This isn't normal. I know a lot of kids transfer, but this level, it's awful. I'd be very clear. You got to get the NCAA tournament, and and I would be reluctant to give him the first five, first four. I added another team there, but it's hard to draw that line. But I, I'm just I freaking hate that thing. That first four should all be lesser programs trying to earn their way into the bracket. It just should be, and we let CBS dictate that we're going to have playing games for eleven or twelve seeds, which is idiotic. There's no bracket in the world that exists that way except the NCAA tournament. You got to get to the tournament. Basketball's in trouble, big trouble. We've known that, but now as we look at the transfer portal and what's happening. Texas is going to be awesome. Texas Tech, even though they lost their head coach, appears to be rebuilding and reloading. And Kansas will still be Kansas. Oklahoma State's loading up. K State basketball is in big trouble, and it's it, it, right now. Right, right now, you got to stop this, and you got to be good this next season. It it's just got to enough at some point he's had his really good moments i I put him on my damn mount rushmore because i didn't know who else put it for but he has won two big 12 titles but you can't have hey i was a good husband on friday but i sucked the other six days of the week that's you you gotta be consistent
3: Basketball program shouldn't be this slow and and this is a huge year. I don't think there's any minimum. If I'm Gene Taylor, I'm telling him, after your last game in the Big 12 tournament, I'm going to the podium first because you're fired. I mean, that's it. I I just, there's Bruce Weber. No matter what? Bruce Weber could do whatever. They could win the Big 12 tournament this year, and I'd still say he needs to go. I'm at that point with Bruce Weber. I'm sick of this. The the, the the rebuild the rebuild in 2019 your class is gone what why why shouldn't he be fired today i mean really other than it just being july and being the start of a new year but it's just ridiculous it is absolutely ridiculous that you can say oh we're rebuilding oh we're doing this we you know this happened the excuses are over it's time to move on and if K State could pull it off and fire him today, they should Here's the move thing, on.
1: Is the transfer portal kind of changes the the whole idea of firing a coach? So we were all worried. Well, what if Pack and Bradford leave? Well, that would suck. I mean, they're really good players. They're they're good fits for Kansas State culturally, you know, athletically. They're going to be foundation type pieces. But the transfer portal runs both ways, and Chris Beard's showing it at Texas. Oh, I lost some players. I've run some players off. I just brought in six guys that started other places. I don't know what the number is, but he's bringing in all kinds of talent. The transfer portal enables you to have a new coach, and, oh, a bunch of players transferred. So what? I'm bringing in a bunch of players. We're going to start over. Yeah, I, I don't know. I'm, I'm not upset Montavious Murphy left. I'm just upset at what it represents just keeps going and going and going. We ended on a Bruce Weber meltdown. Yeah. And my dog farted. Perfect. Perfect way to end this damn podcast. Listen to the overtime on Friday. It's going to suck. We know because we already did it. It wasn't the best. Zach wanted to do it out of order. Whatever Zach wants. Uh, I'm sorry, guys.
0: Thank you for listening to the PowerCat Podcast. Make sure you're subscribing to our show at Apple, Spotify, Amazon, or wherever you get your podcasts. PowerCat Podcast. All rights reserved. GoPowerCat.com. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you.